What happens if you say something stupid? Do you edit it? Yeah, we can be edited. Okay, yeah. Quite capable of doing something like that. Okay. Just bought the new Whoop bands. Oh. And I've got Apple Watch on the other wrist and oh. everything else. So just a little bit too much, you know? Right, that's picking us up. Okay. Is that correct then? Is that where you want it? Yeah, are you happy for it to be there? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, you tell me when you're ready and I'll introduce. And I say your surname is Advani. Yeah. Okay, right. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the CrossFit Hour podcast, episode number 72. Today we have Mona Advani of us. Mona, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. First question, um, why CrossFit Hour? Uh, so you know that I did CrossFit seven or eight years ago and I loved it, but I was getting too many injuries. Okay. So at that time, um, I decided to give it up. Um, but because I was having so much fun, it's been on my mind since then. And then actually coming to CrossFit Harrow has been quite a journey for me because I don't know if you remember, I contacted you in, I think in the first lockdown. First lockdown, yeah. Yeah, so I had just, I was just overcoming um, a massive injury. I've got a herniated disc. And just before lockdown, I had, I was kind of at home a lot anyway because I tried to get up off the sofa and my disc just went. So I wow. couldn't walk um, for a long time. And so I've kind of built myself up. I was doing a lot of walking um, when I could eventually walk. I was walking, um, just doing like home workouts and stuff. And then I just thought, you know what, when I came, when I used to do CrossFit, it did kind of help me and prepare me for like my day-to-day life. So that's why, and I, and I looked on your Instagram and I really liked the way that you guys break up all the exercises and like, and I think you're really um, strict about form. And I think that's what I needed. So okay, that's, that's how I ended up here. <laughs> nice. And yeah. you said about the injury. What? Um, yeah. So how? Yeah. And uh, what did it stop you from doing? Yeah. So I do have quite a few injuries. I think it all started about uh, eighteen or nineteen years ago. Okay, I so had been a really a long time. Yeah. yeah. I had a bad car accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost died in it. I was told that the seat saved my life. So I had two cords in my spine that were out of place. Um, and then eventually what's happened is I've, I've had loads of treatments. I've had like everything you can think of. I've been to osteopaths, I've been for physio, acupuncture. Um, and it was all helping a little bit, but it's still there. Like um, if I make any kind of wrong movement, it comes back. So I already had these issues with my spine. And then I think it just followed on to my disc. Um, and on top of that, my, my siblings and my father, they all have disc issues as well. So I don't know if it's something in the that family as well. That could be hereditary, well. that part of it. Yeah. So the herniated disc also came, I was told from when I started teaching, I was teaching at a college, and I found that I was sitting a lot more than I was used to. It was the part I didn't really enjoy the most. It was the office part. <laughs> the Who stuff does? In, Who yeah. Does? So the stuff in front of the computer, I didn't really like it, but I think for my body, it wasn't good. Um, and I didn't realize that when you have disc issues, you're supposed to move more. You're not supposed to rest as much. Yes, it's funny. A lot of people say that, oh, yeah. like, I, I, I'm not going to do anything. And they sound, when they, they think we sound crazy when we're like, I'm not, you're not, I'm not saying that you have to do a full workout, but you yeah. should move yeah, because yeah, movement yeah. helps. Yeah, so, that's, so when I did it, when, I, when it was really bad in lockdown, 
um, my osteopath told me you need to start going for walks. Yeah, because I was going to ask yeah. about the treatment, what treatment yeah. you were going through. So with my disc, I went for, to, I've just been going to the osteopath. I've been with the same guy for like over 10 years. So wow. he knows quite How well. Moves. Yeah, he knows. Yeah. So, um, and he's the one who tells me, he always encourages me to do like exercise and stuff, which I think is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think through the years also, I've also learned like simple things like how to pick up boxes and things because I would literally just bend over instead of squatting and picking a box up so something simple like that I've kind of adjusted the way I move myself yeah um, but I don't know if you know I I did Ashtanga yoga for like uh, over 15 years yeah, I think as well we spoke, yeah, yeah so that's probably helped that quite really a lot. helped it really helped but I do find like now again during lockdown I was doing a bit of Bikram um, through zoom yeah and I found that it was actually making my back worse Right. which I did speak to uh, the instructor about and she she was a good one she adjusted the movements for me but I do find that as you do get older the body responds differently of course. Um, but it really does help if you have been moving all your life I think that's a really good thing um, my doctors tell me the same thing because I do have a lot of issues yeah well I think that's a lot like with a lot of things for whether it's through injury you know with pregnancy yeah. um, older as people get older the more that you not the more but if you're consistent with movement and physical yeah. and daily activity, the yeah. likelihood of you recovering from something, whatever yeah. it might be, is going to be is going to be quicker. Yeah, definitely. I think the more mobile you are, the better. Yeah. Um, but with someone like me, I kind of sometimes I don't like to think about age as a barrier. Yeah. So I still think I, I'm 19, 20. Yes, it's so. mad, isn't it? Yeah. I'm like although regardless of someone's age, like yeah. mentally, you don't feel the age that your body no. might you know be exactly and so when my daughter sees me like picking up heavy bags like even like with food shopping she's like mom what are you doing like you don't need to do that stick it in a trolley you know because teenagers are lazy so <laughs> <laughs> but I'll carry all the heavy bags um and and I feel that that keeps me going although sometimes it can work against me if my back is ready to go or if my neck is ready to kind of yeah. pop so because with all these injuries and these these kind of you know, obstacles that have been in the way, there must have been times where, like, it became quite mentally challenging for you to be like, fuck, another, like, I'm, it's yeah. hurting again and stuff. Yeah, I think the worst was I had a terrible rigor attack. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like, it's when your body goes into shock um, okay. and you start shaking uncontrollably, like your, your teeth start to natter. It was quite scary. Um, that happened to me just like three years ago. I had a kidney infection and septicemia, so, um, but I didn't know that I had it. So um, I was in hospital for about a month. Um, and at that time I wasn't moving but up until that time I was I was still going and you know working out and doing um, your day to day doing my day to day running around um, and you know I had to slow down and at that time I did really feel it and I think sometimes even though you know we feel restricted sometimes you, you do need to listen to your body that you need mm. to like just give it a bit of a rest um, so because I had like a physio um, a guy a physiotherapist that used to come there and then he kind of, because I'd done my neck in actually from the Riga, because um, when you shake, I think you don't realize you tense a lot. Um, so I had to go through a lot of treatment then. And that was all because of the injuries I'd had before. That had nothing to do with my kidneys. It's almost like trauma for your body. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. So I do feel that, yeah. Sometimes I've had a lot of drawbacks. It does put me off, like even coming to CrossFit. Um, and I see like other people when they're more able to do things than I am. Um, I don't know, it's really weird. I kind of find it challenging. Sometimes I go home upset or I feel upset with myself. It's not because I'm really comparing myself to others, but I do feel like, oh yeah, you know, I only managed to do two rounds like, and everyone else did like four or five. 
Yeah, I think fitness does this to, to everyone, yeah. um, including myself, including coaches. Like it sets an, you, you set yourself up for an expectation yeah. um, that you want to achieve X, Y, and Z. And actually, like, is it really that important that you do like five, or or is it the fact that you're just taking part and you're being active? Do you know so, what I mean? So we just set it on mean. ourselves. Like we put this dark, yeah. strong cloud above us, and like we have to get this and if we don't get this we've got to feel shit about ourselves or we've got to be unhappy with our performance and actually we look at it as like today was a hard day I've got yeah. got you know got things going on whatever it might be done what I needed to got a bit of fitness and that should be a bonus yeah you know yeah, but we you're put this right. expectation on us yeah I think so because like even like when you're when I come here I come with the thought of you know what just do everything properly do it slowly but it never never goes that way <laughs> Three, two, one, go, and the yeah. clock goes. Something like that again, that, yeah. that sometimes happens in the environment where you know you're around other people, um, yeah. and there's a clock, and sometimes that can mm. encourage people to like move faster or want to do more. It's like it's fine. Like, yeah, sometimes it's good. Yeah, yeah, it pushes yeah. me. Has, I'll do a lot more than I would have if I was on my own. Yeah, of course. Or if I wasn't getting that kind of extra encouragement. So yeah, yeah. I, w- I, I would say the biggest thing is just having fun with it and yeah. not that expectation of like if it says 10 rounds on the board does it matter whether you get 10 or 7 yeah not really not really in the no. grand scheme of things it's yeah. not but as long as you're doing it and you're doing it with intent I think that's more important I'm yeah I think that's what I'm learning what I'm trying to kind of slow everything down like my thought process and I am like um you know everyone says I'm like a I've got like a rocket in my ass kind of thing. Like <laughs> I, I, I kind of, um, I don't, I do things without thinking sometimes. I just want to get everything done. So done, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I really kind of punish myself. I, I feel really bad if I can't achieve something, but then I don't sit back and think, how much have you actually done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, um, we're, we're, we're not the first, like we don't praise ourselves enough for the things that we do yeah. right or the things that we do consistently. Yeah. You know, we wait for... A lot of us wait for external motivation for someone to tell us like well done or yeah. through a, a, a result or a score or something when actually taking that time out to be like oh no nah, that was good today i done i kicked ass yeah yeah i think that way i've taken a step back because i don't know if you know i used to teach at um, a spiritual organization um again i started like when i was 19. <laughs> um i taught there for like over 10 years but it was alongside university and and like you know doing other jobs and stuff um, and it was all voluntary. Um, it was good for me because that's where I found my love of teaching. But I remember at that age, I was a lot more open to, you know, like taking things slower, um, learning about spirituality and how, yeah. you know, meditation is good for you and, and actually practicing it. So even though I have all the knowledge now, I find that as you get older and life gets in the way. You have less time to apply it. Yeah, you have less time to apply it. And, you know, maybe the faith kind of goes where you think, oh, yeah, it's all right to like, you know, take out 15 minutes and just do some deep breathing exercises. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, no, I haven't got time for that. You know, I'll go and do something else that I think is more productive without realizing that the meditation is probably how important that is yeah. for you to just take take that 15 minutes out aside from everything else. Yeah. Mm. So it's something I need to. I'm, I'm working on. <laughs> you uh, you mentioned about um, education. You've got two degrees. Yeah. Um, what so, are they in? Um, so my first one is in engineering management. Okay. It's a BSc. I did that at um, University of Hertfordshire. Okay, wow. Many, many moons ago. Nice. <laughs> and um, that one I literally did because, I know it's going to sound really bad, but I come from a quite you know, strict Indian yeah. family and um, education was really important. And at that time, you know, none of the girls in my family had done... How many, how many girls are there in your family? It's too many. 
Like, but in mine, like my immediate family, yeah. I've got a sister and I've got a brother. Okay, but my sister's younger, like I'm the eldest. So it was kind of like down to me to kind of, you know, do, do well so that the others could follow. Um, and so I just literally went to uni just to please my dad, to be honest. Um, and, and it, you know, he was very happy. I learned a lot. I think it's helped me a lot because it opened many doors for me. But there were doors that I didn't really, I wasn't really interested yeah, it in, wasn't really like your choice that you wanted no. to. So it almost felt like you had to. Yeah, so I completed it. I really enjoyed uni and that. Um, and then, as I said, because I was teaching um, voluntarily, I really wanted to be a teacher. And, you know, I mean, my dad really didn't want that, you know, because, like, anyone could be a teacher kind of thing. That's what they thought. Um, it's a very old way of thought process. Yeah, yeah, you have to be a doctor or a lawyer to be, yeah. you know. Was there a lot of pressure then, obviously, you said strict yeah. Indian family, a lot of pressure, education yeah. and certain career paths? I think so, yeah, certainly with my father, and I did listen to him as well. I think in those days you did really listen to your parents, yeah. yeah. Um, now I would say that's quite different, and we give a lot more freedom. Um, but yeah, so then I went on to doing, I started like, I was actually jo- um, offered um, to go and teach voluntarily because of my voluntary work. Um, and I remember I'd done, it's really funny because I'd done like a travel course, um, just part time, just to help, just because just I was bored. And, um, and then there I started teaching everyone instead of actually just learning it, I was teaching everyone. And so then I was instantly offered, like, why don't you come and work with us because you're oh, doing right. really well. Yeah. So then I went on to do, I worked at Stanmore College and I did a PGCE there as well whilst I was there. So that was with the University of Greenwich. That was great fun. And so you, over this course of time, after the engineer, you decided like teaching because the voluntary work was where you wanted to kind of move over to. Yeah, but the thing is I've had many jobs like in in between that time I had great fun. I worked at the airport because that was something else I did um, along teaching and voluntarily. Well, I suppose if you're working voluntarily, you had to make money somewhere. Yeah, so I used to work um, on airside. I used to like do promotions and things like that. Again, it was just a quick like easy job fun job um and I had great fun and it was really good because I wasn't a very confident I wasn't very confident as a child um and um it really helped me open up and you know with the confidence Meet new people and stuff. yeah I think the job really helped more than anything else did, did you do your sorry did you do your degrees back to back no so I did the the engineering degree um at 19 okay and, and the PGC I did a lot later, like when I was at college, when I was working there. To doing one degree is very hard anyway, yeah. let alone doing two. Yeah, I didn't ever think I'd want to do a degree ever again. Is, is, is going back to education, like teaching that, or you know, maybe doing a master, is that something that you're interest, interested in doing? Is that something yeah. on the agenda? So I've always loved learning. Um, I don't know why people think it's weird well, I mean we learn every day but yeah. actually like taking yeah, doing things, courses and yeah. stuff yeah I find that really challenging but I think when I did do the PGC it was a lot more challenging because I was in my 30s okay um, so it, a lot of time had passed since I'd done anything like that and like retaining that information and like yeah. learning how to study again yeah and even doing like presentations you know obviously when you're a teacher you're, you're watched all the time and you have like I've forgotten what they call it now Ofsted. Yeah, they often they come and they watch you and all that. So I had to, you know, like build my confidence again. Yeah. It really helped. It was actually really good. Um, and, you know, the team was really good there as well. Everyone was very helpful. But then I found whilst I was doing that, 
I just thought there must be more to life. I know it sounds really bad, but I love the teaching part. I think it's extremely rewarding. Yeah. I taught all ages. I even taught adults and made up my own courses as well. And I used to teach yoga in the evening. So I was really busy. There was no real reason for me to feel um, bored, but there was a void that needed filling, I think. And, um, and then I just thought, you know what? I've always wanted to have my own little business. Why don't I, and then alongside like um, during the week, um, I would do a lot of cooking kind of competitions, if you want to call it, with a really close family friend of ours. Um, and what we would do is cook our own dishes and then um, family and friends would come around and then they'd have, so it was called the Tuesday Club. They'd come around. Oh, right. and, so you yeah, guys made this up. Yeah, yeah, and they'd kind of feast on our food. And then I started watching what he was doing because he's Turkish and I'd watch Great what food. he was doing. Yeah. And I just, you know, and I'm a vegetarian, so oh, I don't, yeah, okay. so I'll taste the sauces and stuff, but, and I'll make meats, but I don't eat it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I started like fusing the foods. Okay. Um, so that's where my, my next business came in. <laughs> um, I decided, I asked him if he wanted to join me in, you know, in working at the markets. I thought, I think markets are great to test out any business idea. Okay. And so we started at the markets, went all around London. And how did you get into, how did you like start the process of getting into the markets and getting okay. the, the, the stalls and stuff like that? And what were you yeah. doing? So literally you have to like, you have to apply and then... Is that to the local, is that to the council? Yeah, to your council. Um, and then I realised I had to do a course along, like you have to do like a catering course. Oh, okay. So it was doing that as well as teaching at, don't forget I was still at the college, so I was still teaching at college. Um, so I was doing that alongside, but I just thought, yeah, I need this. It's, you know, oh, it's easy, that kind of thing. So I did it all. Um, I didn't realize how hard the work would really be. And then I was in, um, I was then working five days a week. And On then- On top of that? Uh, no, so five days a week at college and then two days at the markets. So wow. I was working seven days. No rest of the weekend? No rest at all. And then I'd go in on a Monday like a zombie and everyone would be like, was it a good weekend? And we're like, actually it was excellent. I actually loved it. Um, so, and we were doing really well. I mean, it was a learning process. It wasn't easy at the beginning. You know, markets is really different kind different, of business. Different people. Yeah, different about. people. They wouldn't let us sell what we wanted to sell in the beginning. So we had to, went through everything. We made, you're going to laugh at this, Italian meatballs. And it was, it was not very nice. But anyway, <laughs> we, we tried. So we made like uh, Italian food. We made hot dogs. Um, we did everything until I'd lost all my money. I actually lost all my money. Wow. Um, and then I said, you know what? If you're not going to let me cook, how what I like cooking and is this what because I know. they wouldn't let you cook? Yeah, they said there's just far too many uh, Indian and Turkish foods. So right. so you had to cook something else. Yeah, you have to do something else if you want to be in our markets. Um, and then I just told them I've lost all my money. That's it. I'm not coming back. Uh, I can't afford it. And they were like, Oh, we'll reduce the rent. I was like, I still can't do it. Like, I'd really lost everything. Um, and then they said, Okay, fine. We'll let you do your product. Oh, so they gave you that freedom yeah. to now cook you your yeah. food along with your yeah. family friend. Yeah. And as soon as we started that was it like we had cues to like the entrance it was amazing it was really good really? so yeah and then we stayed we stayed in the markets for over 10 years <laughs> so what kind of dishes would you put at the markets what what kind of so food? what I did was because it was still me who was doing all the main cooking although he was amazing like we taught him how to make like it was so funny because my mum my aunts and everyone we taught him how to make the Indian breads um 
but because you know men are obviously stronger and we had to make such huge amounts and we didn't have like dough machines and stuff we couldn't afford it um so he'd make everything himself so oh. he was like the a-class bread maker and is this like parties and naans? So these was barattas. Okay, so okay. yeah, so barattas is is another f- kind of flat bread. Um, it's not deep fried or anything. Okay. So I tried to make everything as healthy as possible because I tried to make foods that I would eat myself. Yeah, well, I suppose a lot of people would as- associate Indian foods as being unhealthy. Quite, yeah, unhealthy. Yeah. Quite fattening. Yeah. So the comment that I would get normally would be that you know it doesn't feel heavy even though it's a lot of food because when you're at the markets, the thing, uh, the culture is the more you give the more customers you'll get. So, but okay. I think there is a way to give things. So yeah. um, with Indian dishes, the way to give everything, a little taste of everything is something called the thali. Okay. So that's where you get uh, one of our breads, you'll get rice, you'll get curries, you'll get dal, you'll get sweet, you'll get, you know, the savory, like samosas and stuff. So we basically started selling thalis and wraps and things, curry wraps, but everything was fused. Um, so there were some Turkish dishes as well. What we did was we took the famous dishes from popular dishes from our countries and then fused fused it all with our herbs and spices so would, it, would that have taken like a lot of like trial and error to, yeah to get that right yeah there was a lot of trial and error um a lot of arguments a lot of yeah I bet, yeah. yeah yeah um but it was good it was really all good because then when we would try something out if it didn't work we were really quick to remove it because we knew we had like another dish in the background so it was fine um so that's why i think at the markets i learned a lot um, and also, and this, is in, this is in central London? Yeah, so we went we were mainly, at, you know, like we, we tried Camden for a bit. We did um, in Marylebone, we did a few festivals and a few markets there. And the main one that we stayed at was Brick Lane. Okay. Yeah, and that was amazing. And you'd think it'd be difficult because there's so many curry houses on the same street. Um, I think I've been to that parade where there's... It's yeah. Because there's a lot of outdoor things so there. So there's many, well. yeah. yeah. So yeah. we do outdoor on Saturdays. That was an experience that I would never like to ever experience oh, again. Really? Yeah, it makes you tougher. I mean, imagine like working in snow, yeah. heavy rains, all your equipment gets ruined. Well, we've done it. We, yeah, you've done yeah it. we've done yeah. it here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was difficult. Um, and of course, people don't come out when the weather's bad. Of course. So then not only have you made all this lovely food, you then have to throw it. Um, it's heartbreaking. So we did go through a lot of ups and downs. But I think that's what makes you stronger. Yeah. And it's what gives you the confidence to maybe take the next step and do something else. What would you so. say were some of the lessons that you would have learned from, from that experience at the stalls? Like business lessons that maybe you can, you've taken forward or, or could pass on? I think definitely like with um, your menu formation. Okay. You know, what I was thinking was, you know, food that I like. And the f- still, I'll make different food at home. I'll make different food for business um, because you kind of get to learn the palate of everyone else. And don't forget on Brick Lane, you get a lot of tourists. So it's not just locals, it's a lot of tourists as well. Um, so I would feel, um, it would feel great when like, for example, Indians from India would come and say, you know, this food is amazing or your chai is amazing. It reminds us of home and we'd, we'd get comments like that. Yeah, it feels very yeah. authentic then, doesn't it? Yeah, um, and you'd equally get a lot of, you know, the modern Turks that come from Istanbul who are quite open to trying because otherwise they don't, they like to have their own foods. Really? Yeah, so they'd come and they'd try the food and they'd be like, oh, this is amazing what you've done with our dish and you've fused it and you've changed it. And so that was quite nice. Okay. It was good to get that kind of response. Um, and we learned a lot, I think, on pricing. Um, it's as a hard well. one, isn't it? It's a hard one, mm. yeah, because there were a lot of traders that would sell at very high prices and give a lot less food. 
And I'd get really deflated thinking, I'm giving all this food and we're working our butts off and we are actually making everything from scratch. So that's where we were very different from other people. Yeah, I think when, I think when you get like a, a takeaway in that sense of like outdoors and stalls and stuff, you, you yeah. kind of want to get like the whole bang for your buck really, don't you? You want yeah. good flavours from food, but you want a good portion for a, a good price. Yeah. I think when you go, when people go to restaurants or, you know, fancy restaurants, you're expecting to pay a higher premium for less food. Yeah. But when you're kind of like in that market environment, you, you want a good to size yeah. takeaway kind of box because you want that, you want that good value. Exactly, but then then there is the problem of the costing, of which course. is something that the packaging, yeah, the something stupidly I'd never actually really thought about in the beginning. In the beginning, it was all just fun. Yeah. So I never did any costings of anything. Thought, um, yeah, I need it. Pay yeah, it. but when then when we started, you know, realizing that we need to have environmentally friendly kind of packaging, and you know, they all cost a lot more money. It's far cheaper and for and easier to buy plastic for example, yeah. but we would get customers that would come in with their own cutler and they'd say, oh, no, 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 I don't want that, you know, and I kind of felt embarrassed. I was like, I shouldn't be selling, I shouldn't be using this stuff because it's it really is a big thing. Like, you know, it's not just what you read about in the news or... Yeah, some people you, just don't, don't want to use it at no, all. No, they don't want to use it. And actually, we shouldn't really be using it. Um, but then I had to start doing costings and then factor in because it costed so much more money to buy those things. So it was a good learning curve for me. Um, I did reduce my portion sizes because they were ridiculous. I mean, I'd have, I'd have like a, literally a group of 10 people and they'd be like, oh no, we'll just get one and we'll share one. And it was really actually disheartening because uh-huh. you'd think, no, I want all 10 of you to buy it. But also when, <laughs> when well, yeah, that too. But, <laughs> yeah. but when you're giving that dish out, I suppose like you don't want there to be any leftover. Right? You want them no. to completely polish off that, yeah. that, that takeaway. Well, um, even I'd have like students who were coming from the universities close by. They'd say, you know, we take your food and we eat it for the whole week, which was a compliment, but not really, because I'd be like, well, then I'm obviously giving you too much food um, because you're making it last for a week. Yeah, that, that, that's so, a lot of food. Yeah, that's quite worrying. So yeah. <laughs> I had to kind of go back and rethink. And I was really scared, to be honest. I did have to put my prices up um, and I did lose a few customers. Um, but then I gained so many more. Of course. And then I also had people coming and telling me that we still think that you're charging too less for what you're giving. So, and I was like, well, at the moment I'll keep it at this because, you know, times were getting tough. I think just a few, a couple of years before, you know, COVID happened, it was already becoming quite difficult. So. Do you think that's, was that like a trend in the market that people were now kind of you know go into fancier restaurants and kind of dining out that as opposed to like the whole outdoorsy stall kind of lifestyle market kind of way i don't think so i think it was really i think it was the increase in markets there's too many markets everywhere now a lot of festivals going on a lot more traders and then there's this new concept you know like how you have like the box park yeah so i was offered a place in box park but i just logistically it wasn't working out for me i would imagine Um, that premium for that yeah yeah so there's all these places that are popping up there was another one in london as well so where it's a lot nicer i think there was one called flat iron i can't remember oh yeah yeah i've been there that's nice so it's all very nice because then they have like music and stuff and then they have like they're not actual stalls they're like little cubicles yeah yeah so it's actually a lot nicer um so there was all this like so many more aren't they? they're like pop-ups yeah. yeah so so many more options um that then we would like be kind of forgotten about um of course tourists would still come i know that we were in a lot of these tourists these tour guides 
Um, we'd even had one, it was quite funny. I don't know where they get these pictures from. I don't know who takes these pictures, but there was once of the, the, the Turkish guy that I work with, his picture was in the French tour book. It was hilarious. And they came up and they were like, oh, look, this is you, this is you. They were so happy they'd found us. Almost um, like a celebrity status. Yeah, it was quite nice, yeah. So, yeah, but it had kind of slow. it started slowing down um, because really we would only be then busy if there was a festival in the area. But then those festivals would then also provide food. Yeah, and they'd so, have their own. Like, yeah, they'd have their own. Yeah, yeah so it was, it's, it was tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you told me that you get everything you want but never when you want it yeah I understand what that means but explain yeah so like with everything <laughs> um, even like with like even with business or like even with health like for example when I'd had Alicia I'll get that's a, probably an easier example to talk about um, I was quite big I think I was 17 stone and I think I just thought I was going to deflate that didn't happen obviously um, and I've, I've, I believe that I had to work a lot harder because I had preeclampsia. So I had a lot of water retention. I slogged in the gym. I used to cry practically every day because I couldn't right. eat the foods that I wanted to eat because uh, wow. I got used to eating all these uh, naughty foods when I was pregnant. Um, and it took over a year for me to lose that weight. Wow. Yeah, but I kept at it. So okay. that was one example. And I think with anything, like even with education, you know, even like when I was at school, I struggled a lot. I had to take extra English lessons. But now that's probably why my English is so much better. I'm really good at writing and stuff and, you know, very confident. But I think nothing comes really easy. Um, even with the business, like how I of told course, you, you yeah. know, we had to do so many different things and I had to lose money before I could actually start even thinking about making it. That's a very interesting, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, get everything you want, but never when, when you want it. So definitely a lot of life lessons along that. A lot of life lessons. And I think uh, someone like me, I value mm. everything a lot more. I think if it was too easy for me to get, I probably wouldn't value it as much. Of course. I just yeah. need to press yeah. the camera because it's going to finish. Okay. Okay. Is it's, it all right? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, so there's a tax thing apparently. Okay. The editor was telling me with the cameras that oh. the companies that make them, if they record for less than 30 minutes, they, they make, it's not a TV kind of style camera. Okay. So very interesting. I never knew that. Okay. So we're going to go back. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll kick back off what you want. Okay. Um, let me get back to where I was sitting. Yeah. Um, so with all this that's gone on, yeah. um, how have you managed to just keep like fitness been part of your life you've always yeah had, it's always been part of your life yeah it seems it's like always you've been there done so much <laughs> yeah working so many long hours yeah um doing different things how has fitness uh how have you how have you done it um i think with the yoga because i was doing yoga anyway i actually learned it in in bombay Oh, right. Yeah, um, because it really helped. And this was quite soon. It was maybe about six months after my accident, the bad accident that I told you about. Is that what prompted you to go and do that? Yeah. And it really helped because it really helped elongate um, everything in my body. Because like my, my neck was really, I think, like scrunched up for a long time. Um, and I felt really restricted in all my movement. Um, so that really helped. And I found that if I practiced every day, I got better and better at it. So... 
that's where that started out. Um, I was a bit of a fanatic in the gym in my 20s. <laughs> uh, I used to, uh, probably not a very good thing, but I used to train like seven days a week wow. for like two hours. That is a lot. Yeah. Um, lot. But, you know... I suppose you're, that, in your 20s, you feel like you can, you've got the energy. Yeah, and it was all about the aesthetics, right? Wanted to look good. Wanted to be able to wear the short skirt and have like, you know, the muscular legs and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it was good because it kept me going. Um, it was all alongside doing whatever I was doing. So I always made time to have some kind of exercise in my life. Okay. Um, and then with CrossFit, I do really find that that's the only real ex- form of exercise that does help with day-to-day. Because especially when I was at the markets and when I was doing CrossFit, it helped. Uh, because I, there were so many injuries I'd get because you're picking up all these heavy boxes. You know, it's not just about the cooking. You have to set up a stall. You have to take it all down yeah, as well. Yeah, and that takes time. Yeah, it takes time. It's a lot of heavy work. You know, you finish late and you want to get home. So you, you do things fast and then you cause an injury. So I think... And it's just this lifestyle in London. It's, everything yeah. is 100 yeah. miles an hour. Exactly. And I'm still that way. Like even now, like, you know, I run around like a headless chicken. So I have to be careful with the way I do things, even if it's just housework, because um, I'll definitely do something to myself. So I think keeping fit has really um, been really good for me, especially with all my illnesses as well. I've had doctors tell me that it's because of the way that, you know, you've been working out for so many years because they all know it's really helped you and keep it going. Because you mentioned to me about the, you had you, you had body weight issues and f- yeah. like your fitness diet and you started to work on yourself again. Yeah. What what are those some of the stuff that you were talking about those issues that you're having? Yeah. So you're talking about body weight yeah, issues. Yeah. yeah. So I was always a very um, I was very big as a child, um, and I was massive at university because I just enjoyed life. That, and, that was a lifestyle you know. at university. Yeah. And, you it's know. almost like. I think I've mentioned this in a podcast before, but that's almost like the known thing when you're going to university. It's like, go drink, go eat, go stay up late. That's just normal. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's normal. normalized. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I didn't really think much about my weight until it started causing a problem, like, you know, like we're just moving. I suppose if with those injuries too yeah. that you've had, that's obviously going to be in addition to that. Exactly. Like with my back, I remember, not the osteopath I have now, but the one I had before that, he actually told me, he said, your back can't take excess weight. So when you gain weight, um, you'll, you will be in a lot more pain. So you need to bear that in mind. So I mm. always keep that in mind, um, you know, because obviously it does get harder, as I think, as you get older. Yeah. Um, because I've always watched what I've eaten, you know, I went through a bit of a phase where I was like, well, well I'm going to eat whatever I want to eat because, you know. Because you must have also a love for food, the fact of like, yeah. cooking and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, we're big foodies. Um, we're always going out to eat. I still love to go out and explore, um, you know, new places to eat. And I love all types of food. Um, so I'm not, I'm not one of those who just likes Indian food. And like, what, yeah. what would you say that your, your favorite dish is? I don't have a favorite dish. I have a few favorite cuisines. Okay. I love French food. Do you? Yeah. And I love uh, Chinese food. I think everyone does probably minus me <laughs> minus you okay yeah. but um again it's the chinese that i make at home okay it's really weird yeah um so the the, the things that allows you to cook with those foods yeah the different recipes the different like seasoning sauces spices that you can put together to make yeah that chinese food or, yeah. or the french food yeah. yeah i think eating out pan asian is probably for me better than chinese okay um 
you know, because I do sometimes get, I've got quite a few gut issues and I get quite a few reactions with Chinese food from outside. But, you know, I kind of, I'm, I'm always inquisitive. I like to learn. Yeah, learning new, new recipes, yeah. like foods that blend together, right? Yeah. So I'm constantly doing that anywhere. Now that we've had so much time with all these lockdowns, I kind of went mad and I cooked everything. I cooked so much that there was no one left to give it to. Like everyone was like, that's it. We've had enough. Like we've had everything. So that went on for quite a while. Yeah. So, so do, do you, do you, you obviously must cook quite regularly then, um, still now. Yeah. Um, is this like a, a week, you know, a, a, you, would you find new things to cook and you try and cook them every day? Is this like something you do in spare time? Yeah, so, you know, I've got a fussy child <laughs> that needs to be fed. Um, right. And it's really funny because we grew up eating Indian food. That was our staple, right? We had to eat that every day and it was made in a healthy way. So I always tell her that it is actually the healthiest form of food for you because, I mean, I know how to make it and I know it's good for you. It's a lot of greens and stuff. Um, but she won't have none of that. So she likes to have different foods. And if I don't make different cuisine, um, I wouldn't say every day, but I'd say at least three times a week, then I find that she won't eat right. as well. Okay. And I prefer her to eat because now, you know, there's all this Uber and everything. I don't want her to reach out for the phone and order something. It's very easy to it's just very easy. on the phone, Uber Eats or Deliveroo. Yeah. yeah. And because at the weekends, we're always out anyway. So yeah, yeah. weekdays, you should be at home eating good food. Yeah, I guess so. Um, okay, so what, what are the plans for you for the next six months outside of fitness? So have you got anything yeah. that you have got, you know, goal-wise that you want to achieve? And fitness-wise, obviously. Yeah, okay, so with the, with, I'll talk about fitness in a minute. With um, Korea, I do have something really exciting um, going on um, that I'm working on at the moment okay. that will hopefully help me to feel a lot more prouder Okay. Um, of my achievements. And it's a personal goal that you want to achieve? Yeah, it's a personal goal. Um, you know, if it works out, it's great. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's another another lesson to be learned. Yeah, of course. Um, so that will probably be something that I'd continue from my work that's been going on in the markets. Um, and then with fitness, I just really want to get back to feeling like my old self, I think. Because um, I have been, I have been doing quite well I think coming here yeah well you've <laughs> definitely been step. consistent yeah of yeah course. that was a big step for me but I do find like because I don't know if you know, I have respiratory issues as well um so I'm trying to kind of make myself my stamina a lot better I think that's what I need to do as far as fitness is concerned and I want to become a lot stronger um because I was a lot stronger before and I think that's what happens right after 40s <laughs> you kind of start to lose your strength um, and I need that. I need to have a strong body to continue doing what I want to do. the demand of work and yeah. home and everything else. Yeah. Um, okay, last question. Yeah. Um, if you were to do this all over, like your whole lifestyle all over again, what yeah. would you change? What would you do differently? I don't think I'd do any of it differently because it would not make me the person that I am today. I think um, everyone has a different life path and yeah. this one is mine. And I think great things will come. Um, they already have and things can only get better so no I wouldn't change anything amazing <laughs> Mona we've run out of time today but thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me guys and girls we'll see you again next week perfect uh, that wasn't so bad yeah, it was right, wasn't it? at least she was laughing you know what the editor we have to have no she did <laughs>